to go forward and Hind does it beautifully to Parrish he just ran to the open side positioning himself beautifully in comes Merritt gets the handball going Hind keeps going has a bounce from 50 metres out goal what a goal the bombers out of the centre go to halfback straight down the middle of the ground 35 metres out as you can see directly in front of the Essendon goal Segler just gets a hand on picked up by Stringer one handed Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 133. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is the Scots. Hello everyone, good to be back. Uh, good Monday night, another win, four out of the last five. It's a happy Monday with a win on I the am, weekend. I am very much enjoying these uh, more frequent uh, winning reaction shows. Yep. Uh, uh, so look, it, it was a, a terrific result. Uh, probably not the overall prettiest game we've ever seen of, of football, but but when you're talking the end result and, and, and going down to Tasmania when it's meant to be at the MCG and going there for new ground and, and, and everything like that, uh, to get away with a win, I'll take it every day of the week. So Absolutely. It's one of those one of those ones we said um, it needs to be a professional performance. Get down there, beat a team that you're supposed to beat. Um, get out of Tassie, uh, injury-free, um, and come on back to... Um, to Vic, where we've got our what next six games or something like that, if um, we're allowed to, yes. <laughs> but get out of there with a win in a ground we haven't played in in nigh on thirty years um, against a damn good coach and a t- and a team that is not that bad, not as bad as they people are making out. Um, so to get away with a good win down there is exactly what the kind of thing that professional teams do, um, especially when. They've got Jake the package uh, stringer down there, just absolutely tearing people apart. No, well, I mean, it will be known forever as the Jake Stringer game because it was, it was his most insane performance. Uh, he did uh, midfield possessions. He kicked four goals. I think he had seven tackles, six clearances. He was chasing uh, dudes uh, down from behind. It was, yeah, it was the most complete performance uh, nearly of any player outside of Parrish and Anzac Day, probably. And if Dusty put in that in that performance, people would be heralding it as the greatest performance ever. That is that the performance that Jake Stringer put on there is Dusty Fletcher, Dustin Fletcher, Dustin Fletcher. Dustin, he's a great guy. We Dusty met we, we met him a while back. He's he's stuck into my head. If you're listening, Dustin, um, g'day, mate. Um, Dusty Martin, even that is Dusty Martin on his best day. Oh, um, yeah. Performances like that: four goals, twenty-nine touches, chasing dudes down from behind, midfield, in the forward line, all over the shop. That is about a completed game of football as you are ever going to see. 
Yeah, and and you know what? It, obviously, with McGrow out, uh, obviously Truck uh, firmly felt like our midfield was a little bit weaker than normal, which is very true. Uh, so you felt like Stringer played quite a lot of the centre bounces this game. He's a big bull in there. He just he, he gets the ball and he pumps them legs, and he and he's he's a he's a strong dude who can wriggle out of tackles um, and give you the don't argue if you don't watch him. Um, and and he gets those possessions, he gets those clearances, and he puts bruises on people, which is what you want in there. And but you know what? It's quite insane, but. He had quite a strong connection with Sam Draper. Uh, yeah, he, he even said after the game, and the, the reporter picked up on it, whoever it was, but he picked up on the game. He said he put a few a few straight down my throat, which is what you want. Yeah, Sammy. I mean, we'll talk about Sammy probably uh, in the second segment of the uh, of the show. But look, um, Stringer was unbelievable. Uh, we no doubt, and we'll talk about it a bit more, that we had a number of players who were down, and that's just being honest. Uh, it wasn't the most perfect game, and there was there was a few guys. I, I you know, I, I thought I wonder if they're a bit mentally tired or just a bit out of it. Um, but uh, I, I won't make that judgment too quick. I'll see the next couple of weeks to see where where they're at. But we needed a bit of X factor in this game. We needed need some individual brilliance, and um, and and you know, Jake is head and shoulders in that area, and. and you know, was obviously just such a massive factor in, in us winning that game. And the thing with the thing with Jakey too is that I've seen some comments and stuff on the Facebook page where people are going, oh, but it was individual brilliance again that won the game for us. It wasn't a team effort. You know what? Sometimes Dustin Martin wins the game of football <laughs> off his own boot. Sometimes Bont does the same thing, right? And you just can't you got to let those guys go. Jake Stringer is capable of winning any game of football off his own boot, right? And sure, it was the Jake Stringer show and everybody else was just along for the ride. But you got to let those blokes go. If he's going to have a night out on a football field, you've got to let Jakey go, mate. You can't go, yeah, but if Jake wasn't there, we wouldn't have won the game of football. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was there and he won the game of footy for us. But you are right that there is a gap and we're going to talk about this in maybe the second segment. There is a gap between the really good performers, i.e. Jake Stringer and, again, Darcy Parrish and those guys who who put in numbers in this game which are well below what, what they've been doing recently, but still very good. Um, but after those guys, there was a bit of the haves and the have-nots about the um, the players, um, and some of which have been playing pretty good footy. So I think in the second half, we'll have a bit of a, a chat and show you where we think there's a, a bit of a gap, um, and it might have something to do, Scotty was talking to me earlier, might have something to do with a bit of tiredness maybe, or something along those lines. Well, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, as a whole team, just as talking about a whole team, and... Um, you know, I, I felt like the more the hub went on, the the more the the club struggled last year. Now, I don't feel that I mean a major case this year, but they went into a three-week kind of hub in Perth and then they've obviously had restrictions coming back to Melbourne. Then they've had to fly to Tassie when they're meant to play in Melbourne again. Yeah. That was their seventh interstate plane trip in 13 games. So, you mean more than, you know, more than half of your games is, is flying interstate. Uh, I just wonder if it's taking a little bit of a, a mental toll. Not, I think they're physically fine, but I, I just wonder, you know, to some players who didn't play last year, like in TAC or anything, but yeah. I just felt some younger, younger guys, younger guys yeah. um, just were a little bit off their game. And, and you know, I, and I, it was funny, I, I say that too, because I always should watch some of the younger guys in the VFL, and I, and I felt they were a bit 
off their game as well. So it's an interesting one. I'm sure Truck will, will pick up on that and and, and we'll, we'll know a lot more. It could be just, you know, sometimes clubs just have a week where they're just not all hit, hitting all the cylinders yep. and come out firing the next week. So it'll be interesting to see. But overall, you know, good teams win ugly. And, 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 yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a good, that could be the name of the podcast, actually. Good teams win ugly and we did. And we did. And, you know, when it, when the game had to be won, um, we won by 13 points. It wasn't like two points. Yeah. We, we we actually got away in the last five minutes, yeah. um, had some really good moments. Uh, so credit to the boys for, for having self-belief and, and getting the win. Um, and grinding it out. Grinding, grinding it, it out, out down there. Um, but a massive thank you also to the, uh, to the Taswegians down there with the bomber jumpers on. Oh, they were awesome. Like they, Mate. Incredible! They, they were like a twenty-third player, so it was, it was insane. Who knew? They, there were so many. Of, so I many didn't realize we had that there. many bomber fans, and I knew like I know I know of a few like Daly and and Heath and Hyde to, to those, but yep. but I know a few on on social media. But that was insane. That was uh, that was such a parochial Essendon crowd, and um, it was a huge part of the result. Like I, I, it really did feel like they lifted the boys, and and you Agreed. know a massive shout out from us. To, Congratulations to everyone! Uh, yeah, oh, mate, and, for and representing the club. I understand the um, the guys and girls down there came from everywhere. Like they they came up from all places. Yeah, there's a traffic jam to Hobart apparently. Yeah, so and from Hobart La- heading up there yeah. to Launceston. So, um, real real big thank you to the to the Taswegian <laughs> fans oh. who knew those boys down there, boys and girls. Um, who knew those boys and girls were down there with bomber jumpers on? So I tell you what, the club must be very excited about that. I think they'd be wrapped with, you know, travelling to Perth and selling out Dreamtime and then selling out this <laughs> game uh, in Tassie. So the AFL would love that because if they're, if they're having a genuine think about a 19th team or a team coming from Tassie, that, I'll tell you what, that's, I mean, if you've got a team in Tassie, the likes of Essendon could go down there and start filling out stadiums and, and if they're that keen for a game of footy, man, they might actually do okay. Yeah, I mean, it really, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know too much of the situation, but it feels like it just comes down to corporate, right? With, with Tassie, can they get the, the corporate dollars yeah. to keep it, you know, operational? But yeah. as far as AFL hunger, I don't think there's... You know, it's, it, it it's, matches it's, many. Most exactly it right. matches any state. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's classic legends coming in the AFL, like yeah. down there, mate. So yeah, it was a you know it was such a pleasing, uh, I guess, result because uh, of many factors of us not being our, our probably at our best, uh, but doing enough to win. So uh, look, we'll talk about more after the break uh, because there's, there's a couple of guys uh, I feel like I, I need to mention. Uh, I don't know what you've got, Grant, but um, uh, yeah, it was. I, I'm absolutely thrilled to to win for the last five and, and see these guys. I mean, to be discussed as a possible finalist, which still seems insane to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, we might. I mean, we might. I don't know. We don't want to. We don't want to pour too much cold water on that, but we might need to calm down a little. We smidge. <laughs> I mean, if that. they if they beat the demons this week, oh, man, if, they, if they beat the demons next week, it's emergency podcast. <laughs> it's the whole nine yards. It's like okay, we could make finals. The lid off, thrown away, and just thrown all the way. Yes. So uh, yeah, let's let's talk to uh, let's talk about some players after the break.
Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, as we flip through the list of players, um, <laughs> 136 points, 29 possessions, 17 kicks, 12 hand mowers, 3 marks, 7 tackles, 72% efficiency, 4 goals, 1, Jake Strickland. Uh, the package. 18 contested possessions too. So it was it was insane. And uh, I, there's, there's not much more we can sort of say about Jakey. It, we de- it deserves its own podcast because the man <laughs> just dominated the game of football. Um, but we could talk about him forever. Um, but I mean, I think, should we, should we say moving forward for the rest of this podcast, we take it as read that Jakey was about <laughs> the length of the straight better than everybody else? Yes. But we move on. Okay. Uh, next, next on on the list, we've got um, Zeret, um, twenty seven now. <laughs> if twenty if twenty seven touches, he's not bad at all, really. That's a decent game of footy, only just completely overshadowed by the name we shall not mention. Well, I, I look, um, you know, I've always said I'd be honest. I I thought Merritt played okay, but but why, uh, why, but, why, why? But I felt like he he um his kicking was just. Not on song as as I normally expect. He was under uh, a lot of pressure. Uh, so he had some he had some moments where we had some clear targets in the forward fifty, and, and he completely missed them, and uh, just wasn't totally on his game. But he was getting obviously uh, tagged early in the game, um, and that might have disrupted him a bit. But look, he was uber competitive, and that's what I still like about Merritt, and he does that every week. He's gonna get you a decent game every week. He wasn't. You know, it's, we're going to talk about him and Parrish probably in, almost in line, right? Yeah. Because they they both kind of played well, but, you know, I guess what we're used to the last eight weeks, which is an insane level. I know. And see, it's I like, don't think yeah, it wasn't at that level, but... That's but, it. I don't think we should get used to that. Like, we, we shouldn't be that used to 37 touches from Darcy Parrish, right? Um <laughs> He's still perfect. It's okay if he gets 24 and a goal. 24 and a goal. Right? It really is okay if he gets 24 and a goal. Um, you've got Zeret with 27, which makes perfect sense. Um, McGrath would have been up there, but those boys did what they needed to do. And I, I think um, of the of the battle of the midfields, uh, Mitchell and O'Meara, 36 and 31 touches. Um, we went head-to-head with them. Um, the difference in there often was... That man again, uh, Jake Stringer, um, to get the clearances and the like. But um, perfectly acceptable game for Merritt and Parrish. Yeah, I mean, for us to be plus 15 in clearances, um, still spoke to of a functioning midfield. Um, Very, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, there's going to be one guy that's a little bit down on the possessions, Sam Draper, which we'll talk about later, Yeah, who actually led the whole ground on clearances. Yeah, so uh that's that's freakish. <laughs> Actually amazing. So yeah, it was, you know, that was solid um but it did it, it did require this game some other guys to step up. Uh, and that's what we liked. And that's the thing like the, we mean, didn't rely on them as much as other weeks. No, that's true. And, and won the game. Yeah, and but the thing is sometimes I heard a, a commentator say this about uh might have been Montana or somebody like that said with with players that are genuinely capable of winning a game of footy off their own bat, the the bonts of the world, the jakey stringers of the world and that sort of stuff, sometimes they go off their nut. They go ballistic, they just they get every possession in the world yeah. and they kick right foot snaps across their body for 45 metres that go through and soccer's off the ground and they just freak players do freak things, right? Yep. And it, it may look like the rest, and as we go down in the possession count, we, we're going to sort of let you know the, the players that we didn't think had particularly good games. But 
Sometimes and, and I was listening to some Facebook posts about oh we, it was the individual brilliance that won us the game. It wasn't a team effort, blah blah blah. Sure, yeah, look, okay. The the individual team effort was Jake Stringer. Right? He was the team. He won the game of football for us. Um, but sometimes when the players like Jake are genuinely capable of winning the game off their own boot and they are having a night out, you let them go. You just it's a, it's a freak occurrence that happens. If it happened every week, he'd be the greatest footballer to ever live. But sometimes freaks do freaky things. And you've just got to rely on that and go, look, other players have been down because Jake Stringer did everything and they didn't have to do anything or maybe they were down as well. But sometimes Jakey just does Jakey things and gets freakish possessions and freakish goals and wins the game off the bat. So um, the likes of Merritt and Parrish not getting as many possessions, even though a 20-odd is still nice, as we might have got before is because... Jake got clearances. Scotty Draper, uh, oh, money in the money in the till. Money in the till. Damn, uh, Mr. Draper. Mr. I'm just going to call him Mr. Draper. Mr. Draper. Um, he went nuts and got clearances and the like. So I think the there is reasons behind it, but it's still it's still great to see those guys in the high twenties. And I thought I thought Jordan Ridley um, was like he actually I actually gave him a vote um, because. I thought when there was some critical moments uh, and they were on the offense, uh, Hawthorne, his calmness and his composure. Surrounded by Hawthorne dudes. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't just an easy yeah. possession or and something. I, and I realize he had that one missed kick. I, I do realize that. But there was. Yeah, take a photo of that because that'll happen once every Shrove Tuesday. But there's 15 other plays, man, where he just got the ball, turned to the right side, made the right decision, just constantly. Uh, and even Calmly. and just even that little one where it was obviously a, a a twelve point game, so it was a two goal basically game, and it's and the ball's heading towards the point, and it just naturally looks like he's just going to let it go through, and the Hawthorne guy stops, and he quickly sees the Hawthorne guy stop, and says, "And it well, could have been deliberate." Oh, well, I'm just going to stop this on the line here, and yeah. not over, and I can see a guy free. He made the whole play, so if I can get this and get it to this guy, left foot, then it's still a two goal game. It's not eleven points. You know, uh, well, sorry, I mean, two goals to tie the game kind yeah. of thing. But um, but it, it still made us uh, competitive uh, and it was just a smart decision. So, And then yeah. just don't don't brush over the left foot. Yeah. The left foot pushed up against the, the goal post under pressure from a bloke that was a metre and a half away from him. Left boot, lace out yeah. to whomever it was. Just the, one of the most... Composed footballers I've ever seen in my life. His brain works beautifully. Oh, through, and quickly. Tra- to traffic. But quickly, oh, and yeah. the, there was a. I remember when I used to watch Top Gear, they used to say we go around the Top Gear track, um, smooth is fast. And they said, don't try and jerk the steering wheel and left and right and hammer the thing. Smooth around a race track is actually turns out to be fast. That's, that's Ridley. Ridley is, he does everything smoothly. Yep. And without error and calmly, so it looks like he's doing it quickly or he looks like he's getting rid of it quickly, but because he thinks about it and he's smooth and he kicks it, it looks brilliant back there. Um, I want to also mention in the same breath um, Dyson Happel. Yeah, yep. Uh, mate, again, we just we just keep getting 24 possessions out of him in the back line, mopping stuff up, stuff up and he's doing brilliantly down there. I, I, I think he's had a fantastic month of footy. Uh, I think he's been actually extremely reliable. He's been and he's been much more reliable with ball in hand. Uh, he's he's reading the play really well and helping us uh, countless times, uh, saving us a few goals. So 
I think the captain's actually playing really good brand of footy at, yeah. the, at the moment. And, you know, I have to mention the guy next to him, Nick Hind. Oh. <laughs> now, I swear. Just, just, I mean, <laughs> Nick, Nick, we love you, mate. We love you a lot and your super little quick feet. But, geez, Nicky, mate, you've gone for five bounces in a row, mate. <laughs> just, I love the fact that you take the game on, old boy. But, good Lord, man. You're talking Michael Long kind of uh, Darren Mullane kind of five bounce kind of arrangements on the uh, on the ground. You're quick, but you're not that quick. <laughs> you can get five bounces, one, two, three bounces. Have a look for somebody, old boy. But apart from that, his run and his carry and his mate, his finishing when he gets near goals is incredible. So oh, I, is, I can't yeah. say enough about him. He's had an absolutely sensational year. I mean, yeah, to you know, the, I keep saying it, but the guy he replaced, they're, they're, chalk, they're chalk and man. cheese. They're chalk I, and I cheese. Watched, I watched a bit of that busted outfit at at Carlton. I watched a bit of that game, and more specifically to watch Sadi. And Sadi was just doing those bad things that he did with us. Not the good things. He was getting the ball, taking those two, three quick steps, and then just launching it to nobody in particular. That big, massive left boot thing. So, mate, we are. I reckon we're miles ahead in that trade. Oh, yeah, so do I. I mean, he's, yeah, Heine with twenty five and a, and a goal. I mean, a fantastic running goal. I mean, he's he's. I mean, if he keeps going like this, I don't think he would get it. But he's not as. It's not a crazy suggestion to say, is he out of the top forty initial all Australian picked. Because he's having a fantastic year. Really, really good. Uh, and you know, I mean, he's kind of got a he's kind of got the balance of McKenna and Saad in between. And so he's got he's good defensively, but he's he's good uh, offensively. So he's got a really nice balance, a really key good mark overhead. Yeah, uh, right in the critical play at the end when and it was I, six goal game, uh, six point game. Yeah, like he's got that a bit of a bit of experience as well. I think he's. The likes of Heppel and Ridley, who's got an old head on young shoulders, but Heppel down there's got experience, and Hindy's got experience, and he knows he's quick. He knows whenever he gets the ball, unless you're talking, I don't know who you're talking, but you'd have to get Usain Bolt to track him down. But he knows he's quick. He knows what he needs to do, and he's not, apart from taking six bounces that one time, um, he knows what he needs to do and he knows what he's capable of doing and it's exactly what we need out of him. Yeah. So it, 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 i tell you what, if, if Truck's bringing over from Richmond a mentality of players understand their role and they do their role each week, then, mate, I'm all for that because Hindy's the number one example of that. It's funny, I, I, I have to mention another defender as well. I thought I might as well go to the defenders because this guy's not far off down from the list where we're at. I actually thought that was probably Stewart's best game for the year. Yeah. Like, I, I actually thought he had some really critical moments, some really steady marks. Um, he looked like, worst, you know, first he kind of stopped his opponent, but he looked like a solid defender, like to me, in that yeah. game. So all credit to him. Uh, he's learning each week. He's, yeah, it's, it's a development phase. Sometimes you're going to put a monster on him, like a buddy Charlie Dixon or something like that. And Charlie Dixon's a monster for a reason, man. He monsters fullbacks. And that's you'd, you're not going to keep him to nothing. But in a game like that against Hawthorne, he was very he was very composed for mine. Like when the ball came in, 
He was leaning on his bloke. He took the, the advantage. He's got that little hint of the forward about him when he yeah. wants to go after the ball if he thinks he can get it. So he's not just down there to be a golden fist award. Um, so I'm 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 talking him up by the week. That boy, he's he's going well. So yeah, it took seven marks uh, across across half back. So really did well. Not bad. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, I'm inter- I always interrupt the list. Sorry about this, but I I have to mention one guy who took. Five contested marks up forward, uh, and he's only like nineteen, twenty years Harrison. old. Harrison, about seriously, um, that is some sticky hands. That I don't know what anyone else thinks, but that to me was a game. It's where, close to break out for me. Yeah, where I went close. Oh, I know this kid's good, but he actually could be even a little bit better than I originally yeah. thought. Um, Great hands, and I thought a lot. Yeah, <laughs> at, I, at the beginning. I watched him yeah. in the preseason. Went, yeah. oh, this kid's going to be a player. Yeah, but she, they, for a kid that fairly skinny, I'll say, uh, and yeah. like to take such commanding overhead marks in contested situations, timed, timed yeah. really well. And oh, I love him with the sleeve down. By the way, uh, the three quarter cut sleeve. I know, but, uh, mate. It's 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 well it's done. Bit yeah. of the hoodie there. A uh, touch of it. Uh, but it, yeah, I just thought you know he was sensational and. Uh, you know, I know a lot of kids were down in this game. We'll probably cover a few, but he was certainly um, probably in some ways my favourite Harrison Jones game. He's ran 15.9 kilometres, man, that's in that game. Like 16 kilometres? Come on. Run like. that, man. Like that's a lot. But, and for a key forward. Yeah, it's it was almost like something like one and a half kilometres more than anyone else, which was O'Meara, uh, as obviously in the midfield. That's nuts, man. He's 196 centimetres, man. He's ran 16 kilometres. Nick Rewalt was talking him up big time. Um, during the commentary, he was talking him and up big time. And that's his hero. His hero yeah. is Rewalt. Yeah, and so. if you, if nobody can run with that. Like you, you, Nick Rewalt played in the AFL for so long because he had Farlap's tank, right? Um, and he could take marks and he was a very good footballer, but he ran defenders off their feet, man. Like they might have stuck with him for two quarters, but they can't stick with him for four. Um for Jones to do what he's doing at the moment, Nick Rewalt was saying that it's not just that he's got sticky hands, which is great, man. One grab, taking marks in front of packs, it was good. But he said the timing, um, his timing. And from a from a bloke who knows what he's talking about, that timing of jumping right at the right moment and getting your hands at the apex, all that sort of groovy stuff, um, is really encouraging to see from him. Plus the effort to run 15, nearly 16 Ks um, is... I mean. Truck and those boys must just be going, oh, baby, yes, keep going, son, exactly in that direction. And someone like Hooksy and some of the older boys must just be going, oh, to be 20 years old again, man, <laughs> to be able to run 15 I, Yeah, I don't think Hooksy ran 16 kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> Hooksy couldn't run out of sight on a dark night, but... Um, but, but, yeah, it's just... Good on him. It, it was... We always keep having this. We Every game, one of those young kids has, you know, it was Cox obviously being the rising star... The, the game before. Now, I think even the game before that, Perkins had 18 or 19 possessions. And look, the, every game we're just seeing these little moments yeah. of going, you know, obviously when they're... The future. Yeah, with two more pre-seasons, you've got a mature body. You can see what's happening at the club. And what is he averaging, two goals a game? Uh, oh, no, I wouldn't think that. No? Um, one and a bit? One and, yeah. Okay. I, I think around about one. 
Okay, so I mean, and, but he's he's getting his hands on it. He's he's good. some of his set shots he could miss for six goals in a row, but now he's got a touch of the fuggos back with his kicking. But um, he's getting his hands on the ball. He's presenting like mad. And again, if you were truck, you'd just be loving it because he's yeah he's going to learn the trade a bit more. He's going to learn the craft, and he's going to get better and better. So. Onto the guy who a lot of pe- was in a lot of people's votes. I noticed when I was looking at everyone's votes. Oh, yes, the big Sam Draper. Um, ah. Nine clearances, man. The ruckman got nine clearances That's around uh, the ground, around the whole ground. <laughs> so, just uh, yeah, that's his first game back from long term injury. It just cracks me. He up. is a massive lump of a kid. Like he's, he's huge. a big, huge, big unit. And. Um, I was so excited for him because obviously he'd played 10 games and hadn't won a game. Hadn't been know, in I, a winning I game. did not, genuinely did not know that's that. So that footage of him after the game, you know, just in the middle going absolutely He nuts. would be, and he's, he's excitable. He's oh, an excitable boy. He, he, that's one thing about him, you know, we do walk taller. Whether people like it or not, they when he's around, he... He commands a little bit of, and he's a he's a he's a great mix of an old fashioned ruckman who's in there to knock people around. Like if you get in Sam Draper's way at 105 kilos, you're going to come off second best, right? Yeah. And he's also got these not a lumbering old dinosaur ruckman. He's got that incredible lift and jump and athleticism. So you are right. The the midfielders walk taller, and the the midfielders that go anywhere near the ball when he's around. We'll be thinking twice about it a little tiny bit because if he wants it, he goes after it hard. And he doesn't do stupid crap like the absolute flog that is Shane Mumford. Um, he throws his body around fairly um, and influences to the point of getting clearances. I love him. Yeah, and you know, if I'm a coach this week, I would actually embrace Sammy Draper and say, hey, mate, um, take up the challenge of Max Gorn, and, but also take note of things he does. You know, as in a developing year, I know and that sounds funny because you, but have a look at what Maxi Gorn does during the game as well. You know, as much play hard against him, try and beat him, but also understand. Yeah, you got to learn from the bloke. Also learn, yeah. you know, have a look at what he's doing because I still think Max Gorn's probably, in my view, close to the premier yeah. ruckman. Um, you could easily just hand it to him and say, there, it's done, you're the best. And he, he on his day, he is. Yeah, yeah. So... Big big challenge for him this week, but gee, it was it was such exciting to see, and uh, he has, he has just exudes uh, energy uh, to the whole team. And he, for those who don't can't get to training, you know, uh, sometimes I wish people could because his energy at training yeah. is exactly the same. He cracks jokes all the time. But there's a bloke that loves what he's doing, man. Yeah, yeah. You could just see he loves what he's doing. He loves being around the boys. He loves sinking his boot into a footy. He, he loves jumping on people's heads. It's great. He's, he's, a, he's a fun bloke to have around. <laughs> he had the craziest missed one-metre handball in history running out of the middle. <laughs> Paul but Langford's right next to him, one metre away. And never forget. Never forget he's a ruckman. I never forget he's a ruckman. It was and mildly. I don't know why, but I kind of giggled and mildly amused me rather than oh, he was on the run. And I looked and I went, "Full look out!" It was because it was Nat. such a spectacular play up till then. He's just turned. He's swivelled. He's run off. He's at halfway at the sorry at the half forward line with two steps. And then Langers is going, "Whoop! Look out! The big fella's off!" And so he's run past him, and he's about a meter and a half away from him. And I went, "Oh, Langers is good from outside fifty on the run." Here's a goal. And he's just given this little. 
I don't know what little messed up sort of amble. Yeah, I mean, you were there watching it with me. I was like, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> it was like, uh, I mean, oh man, the big fellas, all the big, and you can see the other players like they, they didn't know what he was going to do because he's a whirling dervish of a bloke. But he gets the ball, he spins, he, he buggers off towards the goals, and all the the midfielders go, "Oh shit, Sammy's off, he's yeah. off, mate!" So they run after him, and he gives his little dribbly amble. Good on you, mate. Uh, love your work. Just a few of the uh, cameo or a call in the solid but didn't star bracket. Probably the the Langfords obviously seems to be a goal a game as well from from the, from the wing. Uh, yep. Redmond I thought was 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 quite solid. I, I had his moments. Redmond, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Guelphy did a few good one percenters around the around the ground. Yeah. Um. I mean, Zerk and Thatcher and Laverde kind of tried. Yeah. While I had his two goals a game. <laughs> just, uh. But look, we'll we'll probably just have a, a quick break, and what we'll do is we'll just go into the kind of the. The few guys that were a bit quiet. It's not going to be a somber thing, but it's just reality. And then why? What, what do we reckon why? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to uh, see, see what your thoughts are, Grant. Yep. Smooth sounds there. Welcome back to the Longstime Catch Up Podcast. Now then. Now there was there is a disparity, right? Anybody that's looking at the AFL app, just sort of just sort it by disposals and you get you get your twenties and your high twenties and stuff, and then you get your eighteens, and we sort of mentioned that was the red dog and and um, Jimmy Stewart and Langers and that sort of stuff. And you got and eight, eight players and nine possessions or less. Bingo. And then we get to the below <laughs> ten uh, possession mark. Now, in any sort of normal game, that would be death. That would be you, you probably wouldn't think you're going to win if that's the case, especially with um, Zerk only getting nine and Kale and and Laverde seven and and Perkins seven and Cox not much more. In that situation, you would think that we would be in trouble, and we kind of were. Like if they had have kicked a heap of goals. Jakey would have needed to have done what he did. But um, in this particular case, my my thought on why that is the case, and Scotty's got a, um, a slightly different, but he kind of un- understands where I'm coming from, but he's got a slightly different position, right? My opinion on this is that Alistair Clark said he's a very good coach, and he all but said, in fact, I think he did say, um, before the game that he was going to try and make it super mega fugly. Right? He was going to make it an ugly game of football because even if he realised that if there was a shootout... Interrupt um, our running game, yeah. Bingo, that, that, there you go, perfectly said. Interrupt our running game because if it was a shootout, they'd lose, right? So he tried to interrupt the running game and I reckon he did it by just... Like there was a touch of the pagan paddocks, the pagans paddock about how they went into their forward line. I just think he moved a lot of people around the ball and the half of the ground where the ball was, right? So if he was if it was sort of at centre half back, he moved everybody up and clogged up the midfield and definitely clogged up inside our fifty. And the opposite was true as well, is that he then tried the Pagans paddock running back in the opposite direction um for Impey and those um guys to try and kick goals. So I think and, and we didn't it's not that we didn't sort of um uh, truck didn't um do something about it. I just think that he did it for the majority of the game 
and the likes of Cox and Perkins and those guys couldn't breathe. Right? We couldn't get that run. Nick Cox, and, and then you put on the the, the layer that you're probably going to say along the lines of the, the tiredness as well, which I agree with, um, but I just think he made it ugly. He stopped that flow, our running flow game, and it was very effective for a while. In fact, it was effective for the majority of the games. That's why I reckon the Nick Coxes of the world and the hookers who was just surrounded by blokes every time we kicked the ball in, um, and Peter Wright as well, Ned Cahill, who is, we've got another story about Ned Cahill, um, but Laverde, um, Zerk Thatcher, Hooker, and all those guys, I think they're just, they were clogged up. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, there's, there's for me there's like two or three elements in it, and that's definitely one of them. Like I, I thought his coaching stifled us a bit. Uh, he definitely liked to um, have an extra man, uh, in our forward 50, um, we tried to counteract it by having an extra man around the ball, but still made it congested. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was it was an interesting game. Uh, you know, with Perkins and Cox, obviously, th- there's different elements, right? There's just the common sense approach that this is their first year and every first year player has quiet games. Yeah. And this was their quiet game. So there's that basic of just that's a narrative of just that, you know, just, uh, I, I actually still believe this is just personally me and, and people might go, no, that's a bit of a cop out. But I think I, I still remember last year, right. When we had to go into the hub and probably about two or three weeks into that, you just saw the guys just mentally struggle. Yep. Um, now obviously we came, we went to Perth for three weeks and had to be a hub. You know, you couldn't leave. You couldn't go see Perth. You know, you couldn't go out to town. Um, you're away from family. You've come back to Melbourne with restrictions. You've had to then move the game to Tasmania, fly to Tasmania. I, I did feel like one small element, not massive, but I, I wonder anyway. No, I no, no, no. I understand where you're coming from. Is, is how much is it just... Um, for the younger guys just taking a toll a bit because it did last year. So I think there's present to say it can happen. Um, uh, So I think there's various elements, but I don't want to go too crazy and say, oh, you know, we're a tired team and that. And because I I just want to see, okay. We just had a break. Now, now they're actually got, you know, a second week in Melbourne uh, restrictions, a little bit getting lifted again. looks like we're going to play. I mean, Looks like we're going to play at the MCG against Melbourne. Yeah. That will help out a lot. So will they? You know, can they start getting to another groove again? Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it shows you how pleasing in a weird way the the win was because it, it wasn't. You know, it was the second tier guys. It didn't have to be the young youth. You know, I mean, you obviously had Ham, Cox, Cahill, per- Perkins all down, right? Excuse that, me. That 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 kind of group of four. You had them all down. Uh, and I know Jones played well, but you had quite of the younger guys yep. just just a bit off their game. But the second tier, you know, Langford chips in with goals, Parrish kicks a goal, Hind, yeah, Hindy, you know, Stringer, that yeah. that twenty four to twenty seven kind yep. of bracket. And then you add on top of that, Merritt and Parrish doing what they need to do, yep. um, and Waller doing what he needs to do, and that's why we won. Yeah, so, um, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of there's some games. 
<laughs> you kind of say, we flew into Tassie. That night we flew out of Tassie, get the hell out, and we get on to next week. And, then, and, it, and it that's feels nothing like, against Tassie. Oh, that's nothing against Tassie. Oh, no, no, it's I'm just, saying just more the travel part, right? Yeah, that's it. We, yeah. It's a, it's, it was a change. It was a, it's, I know it's a 40-minute flight or 30-minute flight or whatever the hell it's it was. It's a ground you've never been to. That's what I'm more saying. Just yeah. like, it's not easy. It's, it's a ground you've never played at. You're not used to it. You've won the game. Great, get out. You come in, home. Come home and yep. settle with family. I mean, we're still talking about people's family. Like Stringer's got kids. Like So we're talking about people's... Mason Redman, it's yeah. been that article just recently. He and loves we know, his family. You know, and it, it's no coincidence that one of the games in that Perth hub, Francis missed, I don't think. And then we hear later on that he's just struggled a bit. Uh, and, you know, I'm a sponsor of Aaron. So if he ever hears this, mate, nothing but the best for you. And glad you're calling it out and brave enough to call it out, saying, I know I need a week off. It does sound like, from what I hear, very short term. Like he actually could play this week. And thank goodness. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, but just with that story aligned, it it tells you there is real possibility that, that you know, every not every person reacts differently. And, and an 18, 19-year-old kid being stuck in a three-week hub might not be... Great fun. And they're uh, not seasoned professionals yet, especially no. the kids. Like the, the Dyson Heppels of the world and the – I mean, I know Jakey's got kids and stuff, so that complicates it. But and the Dyson Heppels of the world and the older players, the hooks and stuff, that are, the hooksies and stuff, that are used to getting on and off planes and getting their gear and chucking it in a hotel room and doing that sort of stuff, right? That Those guys should be more uh, used to doing stuff like that. But, man – you and I, when we were 18 years old and 20 years old, we weren't getting on planes at the drop of a hat and having to go and go to, and fly to Tassie and present yourself professionally and have your um, your tracksuit ready and that sort of stuff and go and play a game of high-pressure AFL football yeah. and then come back and then not know if you're going to do it again. Or, but don't forget, not allowed to leave your hotel either. That's the thing, right? You yeah. can't you can't then go to Tassie and, and enjoy especially the Salamanca per, yeah, especially or Especially the Perth side. That, that kind of 15, 20 days where they were there – to be in your, what, whatever. Maybe might say, oh, it's a nice hotel. It doesn't matter. It's, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You, you could tell by last year. It doesn't matter. It's I've you, yeah, it's it's not fun being Yeah, mate, I've home. travelled for my work a fair bit. And and you, you have too, Scotty. And the especially when you're like, I, I went to Perth a few times in a, in a previous job for a couple of weeks, weeks at a time. Um, and look, the novelty of, never been to Perth. So I went, hey, this would be great. Went to Perth. Um I got to get off the plane in Perth because I got there the day before I was supposed to start, right? So I got in at like 4 p.m. or something. Um, I got to leave the hotel, walk down into the to the water at Perth and go, isn't this a nice little place, right? And then go and have a beer and have a palmer and check out someplace and, and have a look around Perth, right? Then you go to work and you, you go back to your hotel and that's a novelty because we don't do it every week. So you, you order some room service and watch Captain America Civil War for the 15th time and it's a novelty, right? It, but I swear, at the end of that week, you—it's you, your hotel room. It's work. It's hotel. It's work. It's hotel. Now, put on top of that, the fact that I could go anywhere and do anything I liked after five PM, right? Those guys have to go in a hermetically sealed bus. They then have to get COVID tested. They have to go back to a hotel room and sit in a hotel room and not leave. 
and they for meals they get dragged down to a, a conference a room that's hall, yeah, yeah. hermetically sealed, and they have to get COVID tested again before they get back on the um, the bus to the tra- the plane or whatever. So, man, that would be that would be ugly. And I agree with what you said. Oh, they're in five star hotels, man. Who cares? It's a five star prison for those guys because they can't. If they were able to wander around Perth, think right. Um, um, so, oh, Scotty's just pushed. Show me some breaking news. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think the the guys they might be a bit tired. They've just had a break, but mentally. And there was a, again a couple of jobs ago for me, mate. There was a there was some real mental stress. I didn't know what stress was. I just thought stress was when you were tired because you worked a lot. But mental stress is can affect your body in exactly the same way. So you're right. I think if we can get just a little bit of luck from the Bombers and we can play these six rounds in Melbourne at the MCG and Marvel and we can get some routine for the boys because the AFL footballers are yeah. creatures of habit. So I think it'll be much better for them. Yeah, yeah couldn't agree more. Look, uh, I was going to mention, I'll just do a, I'm just going to do a mini blowtorch, just a Ooh, very mini a one. A lighter, a big lighter. I'll make a lighter one because I'm going to cut him some slack because he's just come back from injury. But just to Devin Smith, um, yeah, Dev. Just, mate, I, 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 I'm not going to hit you from not having a great game. But if you're going to hit guys behind the field and cost us, cost us uh, field position 50s. and that from an experienced player, I'm sorry, but that doesn't cut it with me. Uh, and if you're going to keep yelling at the players, the younger guys, uh, for not giving you the ball. Uh, when you're doing those actions, it doesn't doesn't. It's not going to hold weight. So eh. just a mini blowtorch. You've got to be better, a bit better than that, Devin. I do believe in you. I think you will get better than that. Um, so, but I expect you to come out a bit bit more on fire this week. Yeah, his attitude had nothing to do with his injury. Like that was yeah, that was a bit petulant there, um, Dev. And we love you to death. That's why we'll cut you some slack. But um, officially, mini blowtorch um, Bic lighter has been applied by Scotty. So look for Bog next week. Exactly, but. Breaking news, uh, while well, we've just done the show, literally I've just got a pop-up on my from the club. Uh, we have earned a rising star two weeks in a row, and Mr. Harrison Jones has been named the yes, rising star. Sir. So fantastic news. He's thoroughly deserved it with that game because I thought he was absolutely sensational. So uh, it's good to get, see the kids starting to get recognition. Now let's we'll get a Perkins big game and we'll yes. get him one. We'll um, give him a two or three goals, 20-odd possessions, and we'll get him one. So, yeah, so uh, that's fantastic news to get towards the end of the show. So uh, I, I'm a massive fan of Harrison Jones. I was preseason. I just really, really rate this kid. And you I just, called it. You I, did call it, Scotty. Uh, yeah, so I, I think he's got a really good football brain. And I think he, I mean, the fact that he's a mad, mad Essendon fan helps. <laughs> um, and But he's, he's just someone that I, I thoroughly enjoy watching football. And, and I love work ethic. And this kid, uh, more, you know, more than any other player at the moment is, is equal to anyone. Uh, as far as work ethic on the ground. So credit to him. He deserves it. He's worked hard to get that. So Melbourne this week. Yes, now then. Massive game. Look, it'll be interesting to see. I think Snelling's going to be around the 50-50 mark. I think it would be great if he could get up. (laughs) Yeah, he he would be handy. He would be handy. Like, he really would be handy uh, because he's a fantastic pressure role player that gets you a goal a game. Um, So... You know, and I reckon Shields the week after that. So okay, um, so they're going to start coming back. So in some ways, 
the no injuries to the Hawthorne game was was really good news because and that's why we say we wanted to get out of Tassie, right? Not not because <laughs> we wanted to get out of Tassie, but we just wanted to get out of there with no injuries, having a with reasonable a game yeah. with a win, and come out and we play. And no, no disrespect to Hawthorne, but it is from Scotty because we both hate them. Um, Ballark suffering your jocks, but um, with our focus is on the D's in in this week because this is a real tester for us, right? This is. We're in reasonable form. We've got some kids. We might get um, Franger back. Um, we might get Snelling back. And we've got some people in some form. So it'll be – and Trucks called it early. He called it before yep. the Monday, mate. He said the next week's is our, is our tester. So hugely looking forward to that. And Simon Google will know some some of our players too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, huge game. Um that's it for us. Uh, you can catch us on all the socials as normal. Thanks to all our Facebook. Um, we did actually a live Facebook the other day. We're going to try and see if we can do a few more of those and try and do a few little extra things on, on, on as, a, as a podcast. But, you know, you can catch us on Facebook. You can at the lunch catch up on Twitter. Yep. Instagram. Instagram. Um, and Where can they find you, Scotty? You can catch me on Scooter. Everyone knows me. <laughs> I think these days Scooter Mitties. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, uh, thanks to our Patreons as well. Uh, you, your support is, is huge for us to keep this show up and running. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully we can have some if, big shows coming up too. Also to patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime catch up. If you want to come over to Patreon, we, uh, we post two extra shows a week, um, a, uh, team selection show on a Thursday. And then a post-match reaction show, which we do love doing, especially when the package comes out and goes ballistic. It's a dead set fun thing to do. So two extra shows. Uh, it's a minimum of three bucks. Come and check us out on the Patreon. Um, but we also, too, I wanted to point out, Scotty, just recently from the Facebook page, that the level of engagement that we're getting with the Facebook members. We're getting lots of posts, lots of likes, lots of interests. So um, I want to say a big thank you to our Facebook um, friends and, and some of the guys who, who roughly know who they are. Um, from posting, it's great to see some some extra content and bits and pieces and people's opinion on uh, on the Facebook page. We love it. No, no, it couldn't could have said it better myself. So, thanks everyone. Uh, we'll be here on Thursday for the team reaction show for Patreons. No, that'll be, be the team selection. Even very interesting team selection. So, that's us signing off. All right, catch you later.